You're listening to the MC Vocal Fry Podcast, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture. Coming to you from the campus of Mississippi College in Clinton, Mississippi. So, um, I, I mean, so I think I think that uh, we're gonna build some platforms and have some different levels Easy. and and use them. I need to make them pretty sturdy because I, I would, they probably need to be able to be danced you need upon. Need some nails, okay? Uh, nails. Yeah, nails. Sarah. Sarah, you gonna build me a canoe? I am gonna build you a canoe. I want to build. See, a canoe. this can be Someday the. O- this, this is I perfect. I will build a canoe. Or Sarah's or not building a canoe. I want to build a canoe. It's not happening. And. Either a table or a box. These are my two. If I, I guess, if I had a bucket list, those would be on the. Well, the this canoe might not terrible, be on it. Terrible, terrible, terrible idea. No, I think how what a nice box I could build. All I need a is some plywood and some nails, <sighs> or just wood. It doesn't even have to be plywood. It can be any kind of wood, and I will nail it together, and I will have a box. Maybe a box you can sit on. It will be a very sturdy box. What kind of joints are you gonna use? It's not gonna open. It's for sitting on. Maybe it'll open. Maybe it'll have a lid. Right. How are you going to form your corners? With nails. And uh, hello, have you ever, you have the boards, they go together, you stick the nail. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. You put the nail through. Nails. Maybe I need thicker wood than plywood. That way, I wish that the way whole the podcast audience go. could have seen the visual hand gestures with that. It was really quite epic. I talk with my hands. I can't help. It. It's a shame. Y'all would really appreciate me more if you could see see me talk. That's that's a lie. You, <laughs> you would all not. would really <laughs> appreciate me more if you could see me. <laughs> because, <laughs> because you don't appreciate me enough. If you don't appreciate <laughs> vocal fam. You clearly right. do sorry. not appreciate me enough. I'm but sorry. if you could see me. No, I just mean. I express myself with my hands, which now I'm very aware of. And I feel like that really is half of my meaning. Oh I my. don't know. Send help. It has been forever since we've podcasted. And so I miss we, it. We, we, it. It's been very difficult making it this long, actually, for me. Maybe not for, for, for Leah, but uh, uh, she's still suspicious of whether we actually have any listeners or not. Uh, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> don't believe you it. You heard it here. Um, Tell Leah you're real. So <laughs> send us a tweet or send us a mention on Facebook and let us know that you actually have listened to you this exist. episode <laughs> so that Leah believes that you in fact exist. <laughs> this is perfect for Christmas. Just you have to um, believe. Uh, yeah, it was actually this time last year where I was asking for input about whether it w- the name was Donner or Donder, so we could have that conversation on the podcast. And then I don't think we ever did. I don't know if we did because we ended up seeing Last Jedi, and that that oh, took priority. Man. So anyway, uh, here we are. Golly. Here uh, anyway, are. it's been a great Thanksgiving. We're almost done with this week too. Now the cast list is up. Everybody's excited. Yay. I am. I'm so glad it's it great, went It's going to be a great review of musicals that we felt we could never mount for one reason or another. Accurate. Either because of content or because of... How um, big they are. Just d- well, we don't have a dance department. That, um, that's true. Uh, we can't or, and dance. I'm not a big fan. Also, this, is a, this is, I think, a me thing that, that I'm not a big fan of colleges doing shows like Hello, Dolly, where the lead is an older person. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're gonna like have a faculty member featured or something like as that person, yeah. As we did for Showboat in one role, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, good you know, times, good times. Something <laughs> like that. I, I, anyway, 
I've never forget that the Dr. Perna and Grace Hall. I was not talking about me. I was talking about Dr. Stapleton. Huh. Well, you're a faculty member and you were featured in a big role. I was talking about Dr. Stapleton, not Whatever. myself. Whatever. Uh-huh. What's more exciting here? Well, whatever. Anyway, uh, no. So we're excited. That cast list just went up moments ago, it's and such a and, big and, cast. and and if you stick around at the end of the episode, I'm going to tag on our brief rundown of what everybody's doing. So, like Michael, um, if you want to listen to what everybody's doing at the end of this episode, you can stick around. Listener. He's not our one listener, but we have more some of our listeners <laughs> may not want to hear our entire. We're doing. That's we're true. doing. We're Unless just doing a review them. of which we will ask for donations at the door. We will not charge ticket prices. Oh, cool. I didn't know. Is that how you um, were able? To that's do why we're doing like, the things uh-huh. we're able to do um and so uh-huh. we're not I'm going so to be we're going to be asking for donations toward yeah, mc opera come. and musical theater um so at least i think that's her plan um, just so to basically try to get the band offset um that makes at sense. least yeah. if we break even getting yeah. the yeah. band paid for yeah yeah uh then then we'll be we'll be good because we will have a nice band again i mean dr williams will, you will do play like a suggested donation or no Maybe I don't know, um, but Doctor Williams will play bass again, and Doctor Rushing will play key second key mm. book, and of course Mr. Kemp will be the of music course, director, and uh, uh, Professor Heindel will be the drummer, drummer again, and uh, we'll probably hire a guitarist. Oh, okay. We will probably hire a guitarist. That's um, probably smart. I, I think is the is the is the likely plan because uh, I think with some of this rep it needs it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we're looking. Uh, so good. We're looking forward to it. Finally. Today. Fine, li- listen, it took us hours to I come up with that it. set list. I'm sure. It took us hours. Yeah, musicals group. ranging from anywhere from, I think the earliest is probably, I think Garrett Gaiety, Gaiety's is the earliest, and that's 1928, I think. Um, that's Manhattan. Um, I think that's the earliest we have, um, ranging all the way through. Literally, like, Dear Evan know, Hansen. 1950, and then up to Dear Evan Hansen, so. But like um, we have such an interesting group because we do have people at MC that like to sing contemporary music theater, but then we have people that really would rather just kind of do opera or classical music and right. are much more comfortable singing legit. And we wanted to be able to feature all of them. Mm-hmm. And y'all do. And what's really interesting is in some of the things where like you have some of the people that are more comfortable singing legit with the people more singing more comfortable singing contemporary. And I'm very, I'm just I'm so excited. Yeah. It'll be very exciting, um, and uh, it's a it's a good set list, and uh, you know again it's 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 um it's not a production it's I mean it's it's a I mean it'll be it a production it feels like a production but, but it'll be you know it's gonna be great. Um, what a great way to follow up songs for a new world. Yeah, we're we're. That would have been. I think that the likelihood is next year we need to do like a book like an actual musical yeah. like, like a more standard era rogers and hammerstein yeah well it's been I a few years frank now. lesser yeah like whatever like it's a year to do you know a, a well, jewel stein show or yeah you know so- something something yeah because i mean some people that you a know, meredith wilson musical you know something like music man i or feel Oklahoma like you've wanted to do music man for several years now well i was sort of pushing us to try to do music man this year but then um, there were issues and well yeah that yeah it was it's it, doing music man is involved it's quite involved don't you need like a tuba player let's get doobie <gasps> um it's doobie not even sing. it's not even about that it's just it, part of it is about that part of it is that it requires a pit like it requires yeah. like an actual you sort of can't do that show with a band 
Yeah. Um, and one of our goals was to try not to spend much money. Yeah. Understandable. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, I'll be able to build these platforms for a couple hundred bucks. And yeah. I mean, you know, so it... Uh, anyway, so, no, we're excited, and uh, it'll be good. That That's, that. I think it's the third full week of February. Like, I think we go into yeah. production right after Valentine's Day is is when we're in production week. Yeah, um, me. And so it's, it's right what after that. Uh, these two... Just came off of f- finishing their review of <laughs> literature uh, for re- graduate research and writing. And mm-hmm. I asked both of them to give a very brief synopsis of sort of what they found on their topics. Sarah's been looking at muscle tension dysphonia so all semester. So and Leah's much. been looking at sources involving chest voice. Uh, and so I'm just, just you know, f- because this is very relevant to the podcast, both of these topics... What are some of the things that you found? Give us some brief summary of, of, of sort of what, what you came to. Again, doing not trying to do any projects on your own, but just doing literature background reviews of these, of these topics. Well, one of the things that... I'm not even sure I said this in my review of literature, but like that just kind of kept... I, I felt like I noticed was that a lot of... Everybody wants to do something new. Yeah. Like there wasn't much follow-up anywhere. Everybody wants yeah. to try to do some new little upstart. And so there's all these like and interesting yet science areas. science is supposed to be repeatable. That's my yeah. thing. I'm like, there's all That's these That's why we don't have any answers is because. Nobody wants to be like, oh, well, this person did this. So like, I want to do that again. Which and I change mean, I one get thing. even in, I mean, even in school projects, like. You're like, oh, I don't want to just do what this. And so that was. Sometimes you're not allowed to like find uh, a new angle. I mean, isn't to look it at something? Isn't it Brad Pitt in Ocean's Twelve? He's like, you don't do the same gag again. You do the next gag. Yeah, and so that was one of the things I noticed was that like you know, I I kind of broke my twenty sources down into five main groups, and then there was one that like. I thought was super interesting. It was the lidocaine injections one. Uh-huh. I almost threw it out because I didn't find anything else, and it was an older study. But like I thought it's it was like so. Like oh seven. Uh, I think it might be earlier than that. Earlier than that, even. Okay. Yeah, like it's it's it might be from nineteen ninety nine or two thousand. Oh, from the nineties. Okay. If I like it, it oh, might the be the lidocaine. The lidocaine injection. Oh, that is older. I think. Yeah, it was an older one. Sorry, like I was thinking Botox. Sorry. No, no lidocaine injections, and I thought that was super interesting. And I actually went and like actively looked for any sort of follow up or additional research, and just maybe I w- didn't look in the right places or didn't spend long enough, but I didn't find anything. Yeah. And I was like. This was such an interesting study. They had such interesting results. I'm shocked that nobody wanted to yeah, follow up follow up on it. Now, granted, I get that it's a little trickier because it's more invasive than any of the other um, yeah, for sure. studies or any other techniques I looked at. But it's just such an interesting concept that had such drastic results. I think anyway. one of the reasons, though, that we see that in the literature is that is that. I, well, I think there's multiple reasons. I think there's multiple contributing factors. Uh, some of them, I think, include things like cost. Yeah. You know, some of them include things like the fact that maybe with the first study they realized, eh, we probably shouldn't do anything else with this. Um, maybe. I think sometimes sometimes people learn things, though, from doing it once, and then they really change it around for the next time. Um, like for example, I think John and Josie and I all agreed that we don't feel like if singers are basically reporting as self-healthy, we don't need to scope them again. Yeah. Not for what we were doing. Um, we just didn't feel like that we really garnered 
any necessary. In other words, even if there was someone who presented (laughs) with an anomaly, which we did have, it did not... Her data was not... Um, we didn't throw it out. It was usable. Right. That it wasn't subject's data enough. was correct. So, I mean... Y- right. Yeah. So, anyway. But I, but there's also the factors of the fact that all research now is pretty interdiscipline, interdisciplinary. Yeah. And a lot of times, members of those teams change jobs. And maybe... Like, maybe people literally, like, in order to get their own personal... <laughs> salaries up uh, to a higher point they work at this place and then they work at that place and they work at another you know and so part of the team keeps shifting as well yeah and then another thing i noticed was just it was interesting to me the way i'm trying to think of how to the way people assessed their findings if that makes sense like how they evaluated the benefits maybe sure the the I can't. I'm, I can't think of the word. It's just left my brain. It's just gone. Somebody else say words. Help. No, but I mean that 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 is that is one of the problems we have in a lot of bodies of literature. As that Bilal um, and the team from South America, the review of literature on laryngeal manipulation was pointing yes. out, there was very congruency to methodology. Yeah. Um, and then That's they were also the pointing out they for. were also pointing out a ton of bias. Oh yeah. Um, and and so that's a problem. Yeah, and I just, I felt like with a lot of them, and maybe that's just that I had, I mean, I looked at research for a 20-year spectrum, and so obviously technology changes a lot, and so some of the earlier ones obviously aren't able to take as maybe good of measures I think complete is complete. The, that's the because word I think for. I think we keep working toward degrees of completeness. For example, even if we're talking about like voice pedagogy, like take Venard as a source, the mechanism okay. and the technique, nineteen fifty. It's not that some of the information that he has in there is wrong, on like acoustics. Yeah, it's that it's incomplete. There also yeah. might be things that just literally need to be revised. But a lot of times things are incomplete. Well, and that's kind of back with my first point. I, I felt think like this a is lot particularly of particularly true with yours, Leah. I felt like a lot of these studies or a lot of these little paths people have gone down were incomplete and then just abandoned. Yeah. That there's just so much more to be done. Right. I feel I just I was sitting there and I was like, I feel like I haven't made a dent. I feel like there's not much I can say because, you know, I have these twenty sources and they're just all over the place. Well, and one of the things that we've really struggled with that, that people who do investigate muscle tension dysphonia have mm. struggled with is functional dysphonia versus like psychosomatic dysphonia. That was, I think I, I kind of stayed more in the functional right. realm. I, I didn't go much down the psychosomatic because honestly, that that's not something I know enough about to, to be like, of cor- well, I, I would... No one's publishing about that in Journal of Voice, really, well, that I saw. Right, because it stops a lot of us who, who don't want to deal with the contributing psychological factors. Yeah, like, how do you quantify Exa- that? Exactly. And it's, it's, one of the, it's been one of the biggest challenges in muscle tension dysphonia research. Yeah. It's one of the reasons that the, it took the otolaryngologists a while to accept that it was a thing. Yeah, I get that because I mean I I noticed that there's even, no lesion. Well, and even now, like, uh, there wasn't one super great definition of muscle tension dysphonia. There's also no set true. 
symptom based like it just presents in so many different ways that it's almost like a lot of times if you don't have lesions if you don't have something noticeable and you're having these vocal problems they're like oh well you have muscle tension dysphonia right yeah those are just my fine i don't know observations well listen it's certainly something you could keep looking at because there's certainly more that we as the singing community need to know about it yeah so it, it, it's definitely something you could continue to carry with you and stay up to date on. Yeah. Uh, it's been interesting. <laughs> Leah, <laughs> Leah, Leah has covered the last 20 years or so of uh, chest voice research. Mm-hmm. 25 years? No, I think it, everything was within the last 20 tw- years. Tw- I, but I really, but that was kind of intentional. I mean, right, I yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I made them set limitations and stuff. And, and they also, in, in their defense of the assignment, this was not intended to be a comprehensive literature review. I only asked not. them for 20 <laughs> sources. Yeah. Although, honestly, I mean, just from what I had access to... That's also a problem. I, yes, it is. I mean, it's not, like there was, it's not like there was just a ton of stuff that I was picking from. Welcome I mean, I had to... to academic research. Yeah. Like, there was... I mean, I was... I feel like I got... <laughs> I just saw... <laughs> most of most them. Most of it. I, I mean... I just saw a Facebook meme that was a picture of liquid... It, I, I don't remember if it was water or if it was what it was. I think it was water. And there was a glass. And the pitcher was pouring out, but all the stuff was going down the pitcher and falling onto the table rather than going in the glass. Yeah. And the pitcher was academic research. The dribble was published writings. Uh, the glass, the table, was uh, publishers. Oh, and the glass was practitioners, <laughs> and it <laughs> it was very sad and accurate and anyway. Sad. I did like that I was able to find several articles. I mean, I think this is what you were getting at, like that were like forthcoming, where they weren't published yet, and who knows honestly when they're going to get published. But I was able to read them since they had been approved for publishing. Yeah, once the manuscripts in, in press, like Journal of Voice, is really good about getting those up. Yeah. So I mean. Yeah, sorry. Go go on. Um, yeah. I mean, more questions than answers. Yeah. Um, still no real agreed upon definition of chest voice. No concrete distinction between chest voice and belting. Um, or even between the registers. You know, chest, chest mix, head, head mix. Um. What else? You know, I, 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 this is interesting because this particular topic was part of my initial desire to get into voice research. Mm-hmm. Like registration yeah, it's was really the thing that like sort of piqued my original interest. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know more about it. I wanted to know more. And, and, and so, and when, when you look at the published literature on registration... And you hit on a lot of the big picture things. You find some sources that look at it from a physiologic standpoint. Right. Either vocal fold like configuration. What is happening internally um, that we can't see. Muscle activity. Um, some of which have even used EMG. Yeah. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, the needles. Some used MRI. Some have used MRI. Yeah. Uh, some of the studies look at it more from an acoustic standpoint. Yeah. Which, which you found. Using the EGG. And yeah. Also using EGG measures. Some um, of it was just perceptual. And then just there are auditory. The per- okay. And it's interesting. 
But none of when when we say perceptual, it's been basically Raider. It's not been actual psychoacoustic perception. Yeah, I mean, like, judge human perception. Exactly. Like, Raider, you know, user ratings and yeah. that kind of thing. I think one of the conclusions that I'm starting to draw about chest voice, head voice phenomenon is similar to the conclusions that I drew. And I think, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to credit him because I'm sure Dr. Howell is the one who made me aware of this. But I think this is where my thinking is coming. But when if I compare chest voice to nasality and the article that I've just sent off to Journal of Singing for, for yeah. ne- next cycle, that Dr. McCoy will hopefully, I mean, he's, he's agreed to publish it in the 1920 cycle of Journal of Singing. Basically, what I came to is that nasality is a voice construct that's a psychoacoustic phenomenon. And that it's not, one singular part of something like it's for example in nasality it's not just a lowered soft palate that creates a sound that we say is nasal Mm -hmm. just like with chest voice it's not just increased ta activity yeah that creates chest voice sound whatever we as singing teachers sort of as a community know is chest voice even if you could actually get 10 people to agree on (laughs) hey that noise that that singer's making that's chest voice like let's just say that we could do that or nine of ten there would always be an outlier (laughs) but let's just let's just hypothetically say that we could get nine out of ten voice teachers to say hey that noise that she's making on that pitch right there on that that aria that's chest voice Uh um if we could get that, I think what we would find is it's not just TA activity. It's not just uh, a, an acoustic adjustment. It's a multiple configurations of things that very likely can be quantified psychoacoustically. Um, and starting to think about these voice phenomenons... I think more as voice constructs. Like, for example, if we... If we go back to Herbst Sveck, mm-hmm. Glottal Configurations 2014, Journal of mm-hmm. Voice. Probably the most important article that's been written Great in the last article. decade. If we go back to that, like basically what they're proposing is an I- a model in an ideally functioning voice. That all of the activity of the membranous and cartilaginous activity is sort of on a spectrum and it's all on a slide and yeah. it creates these different types of noises adducted falsetto abducted falsetto adducted chest abducted chest but that in the end it's all on these gliding planes the sort of beauty of that is viewing that type of registration as this idea that it's multiple factors contributing to one sound and Mm -hmm. it almost always is in the singing voice if you change anything you're changing like everything yeah. yeah. You don't just change your first format frequency. You've you now can't. changed the entire spectrum. The entire sound wave has changed shape. Yeah. yeah. But also, just, I mean, just from what I looked at in the last 20 years, there's nobody, no official research that says, you know, that chest voice isn't safe. Healthy. That is one of the things that I think we have more confirmed through the research is that yeah, this is something like, people have high. to be able to do. Well, and that I, it's I, not I especially dangerous. appreciated um, Scott McCoy's one of his the, um, that was like a, a classical 
teacher exploring belting. Yeah, and it was he, a two-part article, Why I Don't Teach Belting, and then The Old Dog Learns New Tricks, yeah, but Why it wasn't I one Now of those. Teach Belting. Oh, it wasn't that piece. No, it was like, that was literally the title was something like a, a classical pedagogy. Oh, it was, it was one the one that he and Bob Edwin did together. I, I don't remember there being somebody else, but maybe maybe there was. I think that's the one I'm... I, 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 I know the one you're talking about. But he had... He basically... He kind of addressed some of his previously held misconceptions. Wait, no, no. I do remember that. He Because he said something like, luckily, I know a really good teacher was of he and Robert belting e- was that he, I can go. He and Robert Edwin. I do remember that now. He wasn't like a contributing writer. He just Okay, okay, helped him. okay, okay. Yeah. Um... But kind of addressed his own misconceptions, like things that he had expected to hear and see in belting, you know, like tightened musculature, pressed sound. And he was like, and he basically kind of said, in conclusion, you know, that's only found when it's being done wrong, just as exactly classically like. And that is such, you know, and, and Scott and I actually talked about that. Well, not maybe in specific regards to chest voice, but in regards to multiple styles of singing. Yeah. That is something that he and I talked about on the podcast when, when mm-hmm. he was on this summer. Yeah. Was this idea of the voice teaching community becoming more accepting of multiple styles. Yeah, I just really yeah. appreciated that, like him saying, I had these misconceptions and then just very yeah. simply saying like, oh, it's it's actually quite simple. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you will hear those things sometimes in belting, and you will also hear those things sometimes in classical. And both are, that just means that it's not being done well. Well, look, one of my things like, with, with regards to that is we hear inefficiency in basically every style of singing that could right. be. Yep. I mean, whether we're talking about people who are training to sing as belters, whether we're talking about people who are training to sing as um, opera singers, whether we're talking about people who are training to sing as tube and throat singers. Mm-hmm. There are people who do things when they're learning and developing their instrument yeah. inefficiently. Right. Period. Yeah. Um, it's not like in one style, everybody just comes up being efficient. Yeah. Um, well, if we did like, what what would be the point of... Voice studying? teachers? Yeah, voice teachers. <laughs> like, like, if you could if just you, take you a few f- years of classical If you figure singing. it out, let me know. <laughs> All right. I'll be working on that. For my next review of literature. <laughs> the what purpose is the of point vo- of voice What teachers? is the, the point, point of voice teachers? You can just stop at what is the point. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway. It's the end of the semester. Yeah, so, um, yeah, just lots of interesting <laughs> reads. I had a good um, mix of studies, you know, like actual yeah. experiments. And, and sort then of just, just editorial op-eds. Yes, which yeah. I enjoyed. You know, the editorials are a little bit easier to read, obviously, but sometimes it feels like studies are just kind of like... Like okay, you could uh, like I get it. Right, you could give me some bullet points. Yeah, and I would have. That that's look. Most also of mine though, were studies, and I was like, okay. Mm, yeah. but I think they're both important. No, they definitely yeah. are. That's why, like, I I liked the the mix I ended up with. I, I like always pointing out, like, as a as a you know as someone who does perform experiments and has written more scientifically based pieces. Um, I think that. Uh, the pieces that are just a practitioner saying, this is what has happened in my experience, it's important. That actually points to a piece that was just in the voice pedagogy column that Dr. McCoy publishes in Journal Singing this last cycle, which I think is an incredibly important piece, and I'm going to make you guys read it next semester just because <laughs> you haven't well, in a class yet. Wait, is this acoustics or practicum? Uh, no, in, 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 probably in practicum, actually. <laughs> we'll read it. Um, and it's a piece called Evidence-Based Voice Pedagogy. 
And basically, Carrie Reagan uh, um, in, uh, uh, in in Seattle, up in up in Washington, basically who works both in a voice clinic and at a university and a private studio, like sort of has a, a, a life a little bit similar to mine in that regard. Okay. Um. Uh, she's probably way better at it than I am. Um, she came up with this model, basically, of a Venn diagram that of practice of just being a singing teacher and what we see in studio, mm-hmm. actual scientific research in its own circle, and then in another circle, basically evidence-based things from the literature as well basically compiling all these things that in the middle that will be in that middle of that venn diagram is evidence-based voice pedagogy and because the bottom line is you know any medical practitioner would tell you that it's not just about knowing all the studies that bedside manner and patient experience and that kind of stuff matters you know that as any practicing speech language pathologist or or otolaryngologist would tell you or physical therapist let alone practice matters like the actual being in clinic and knowing patients and knowing how patients respond as any voice teacher would tell you you know it's not just about knowing the formant series it's not just about knowing the cricothyroid muscle knowing exercises knowing repertoire yeah what's well, like if you know all of that but you can't relate to a human being in front of you yes and what's, what's and the therefore point? there is a point to experience as well mm-hmm. and um I, I i loved carrie's piece when she she presented that to us as a special sort of lecture at the pedagogy summit over the summer mm-hmm and then we knew it was coming out in Journal of Singing. And I told her then, and I told her again at Nats um, at, at, in Vegas, I said, this is important. This thing, because a lot of time in voice pedagogy circles, we get into this sort of soapboxy thing of, well, you know, the research says this. Or you'll hear the, the thing of, well, my teacher or my mentor or my guru or this person in this article of an op-ed piece said this. Well... Maybe all of that matters, yeah. and what really matters is finding the overlapping material mm-hmm. and taking the over that that in that Venn diagram. This is what really matters, and that is the kind of voice pedagogues I'm trying to teach you two to be. Is this these people who are willing to draw from this source and this source, keep myself up to date on these sources, keep practicing, and also value what ma- what I hate the term master teacher, but like experienced teachers have said out of experience, yeah. even if it is in if it contains things that are incomplete. Well, we talk about you know little lies we use to teach. So like as long as you know. You know that it's not necessarily a true thing, and you know kind of why you're doing it. Though, like what you're getting at, like I read, I read Ken Bozeman say that on a Facebook post when that he says to his pedagogy classes things like, "It's as if such and such is happening." There you go. That's a very good way to put it. That's a nice way to put it. (laughs) So I'll quote Ken on that. That way, you don't like lead these people to think, "Oh no, this is totally what's happening," but. It gives that impression and you get that result. No, I mean, singing a high note. It's as if your hard palate raises up an inch. It does not. It does not. (laughs) (laughs) But the sensation is legitimate. You know, I mean, I I remember seeing a world famous soprano in a master class 
who's it was one of the great singers of the 20th century. I mean, we're talking amazing. And she was just adamant about the fact that absolutely no vowel modification ever happened in voices. That was her philosophy, whatever. Because she believed in a one-register theory of human singing. Hmm. And she sang a two-octave scale in the class, demonstrated with some of the most perfect negotiation of vowel migration I've ever heard in my life. And she said, see, no vowel modification. That lets her sing pretty and, good and, for and, her. And my problem, of course, is like with students are then going, oh, yeah, no vowel modification. Now, I hope that I'm training graduate students to go, yeah, but you did all that vowel modification. But also to respect the fact that that's what she experiences. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's where I want my 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 teachers my my graduate students and even my people in pedagogy starting to think along those lines because i'm trying to open your minds not close them off to oh well this person said that vowel modification doesn't exist or this person says that of course it exists because every time you change a format you change everything um anyway we're we're running out of time quickly breakfast i had chocolate chip muffins brilliant takeaways if you hear me next week, it means I survived this semester. Oh, my. Well, we're going to hear you next week. So, we'll see what wow. Happens. Very good. Takeaway? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can that uh-huh. be your takeaway? <laughs> yeah. Very good. I'm really excited about our show. It'll be great. Again, yeah. if you want to stick around and hear all the dribble of us just going through the cast list, because <laughs> they had dribble. literally just gotten it, uh, yeah. you can stick around and you hear the rest of this episode. If not, uh, Vocal Fry will be back next week. I'm going to get this episode up here in a matter of minutes so that we have an episode Ooh. up for this week. Uh, and uh, man, sometime we really got to cover those last Doctor Who episodes. I, I actually have not watched last week's. So I need to watch oh, it. Oh, it's great. I need Alan to. Alan Cumming was great. I Stop giving you assignments. (laughs) What's the end of the semester? I am stopping giving you assignments. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. I don't know Find Your Grail. He just made me listen to it. Find Your Grail was Sarah Ramirez's big number in the Lady of the Lake's big number. Uh, and then Jamie's and then Lancelot so Lancelot comes in and Lancelot does the second verse and it's it's Katermus and he's like uh, it's all this like if if your life needs a lift when we all need to drift <laughs> set sorry, your sails He'll be good Find at your grail. Jamie's gonna be, be Lancelot is like his favorite character. Like that that Semwa song. Semwa, Semwa. That's wait, that's not from Spam that's what is it? From, that's it's from a different show. Yeah, in fact. That's what and I thought. Well he's obsessed with Lancelot, and you will period. Be found. Well, James auditioned with You Will Be Found. And it was just what oh. so and perfect. Once we listened to the whole thing of You Will Be Found, we were like Oh, well, this needs to end the show. Yeah. All right. So that's the. Wait, I need to go okay. back and look more That was the only. Yeah. So we open with Seasons of Love and Isaac. So Margie's going to sing the first solo. I don't think I've ever heard her sing music theater. And then Isaac. Margie. Oh, I didn't realize And then Isaac's going to sing the, the guy solo and then he's going to ad lib over the yes, rest of it. Yes, he is. He's going to do the little. Ah, yay! Yeah. Oh, there's um, chocolate uh, on my what, hands. What's second? What was second? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> Sing for your supper. Okay, that's just, that's a great Richard Rogers like boys from right, yeah. just great Larry R- Rogers and Hart. You know, I mean, we're really running the gamut of eras yeah. of musical. Here. I don't know pand- I don't know anything about twenty fifth annual Putnam. Is that is that third? What's thing. third? What's third? What's after Sing for your supper? I don't, I'm just saying. I'm in what that is one this feeling? Know. 
Uh, wh- oh, so what is this feeling? Because I mean, we oh, had wait, to who's do. Who's doing that? Uh, Sally K and Ketta. <gasps> Ketta's doing Elphaba, know, right? and Sally K is doing Glinda. Yes, and then, and then is that so is that good. is that the whole ensemble? No, that's specific people. No, that's not the whole that's ensemble. That's a smaller right? ensemble. That's a smaller ensemble. I'm gonna be in that. Um, it only takes a moment. It only takes. Oh, that's just that beautiful love duet from the end of Hello Dolly, where 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 the two young people in Hello Dolly sing to each other. It's Michaela and um, Chandler. Um, just Wait. okay. Really, okay. really beautiful. Some of these people I've never heard sing. Uh, and so I yeah, am but that's like very legit, like you know, like like legit musical theater head oh, voice. Okay, just good. beautiful love song. What what what's after that? Doors. Uh, doors is oh doors is a is a is a Great um, contemporary quartet. Every day's another door. It's great, great quartet. Okay, and that's Michaela. Um, what what's Oh my gosh, I was gonna guess that. Isaac and James. And James. Let's call him Jake. Yeah, so that's a quartet. That's one of our two quartets. Mama looks sharp. Yeah, so that is a guys trio from I 1776 see. of soldiers dying on the battlefield. Um, uh, I thought that'd be good. Uh, so Chandler's gonna lead that, and then there's a baritone and a bass part. I see. Um, it's we were either gonna do that or on the willows, and and we just thought oh that this would, th- this was Could we wanted to sort of avoid things from Godspell. So, um, um, yeah. And uh, then Manhattan. Yeah, that's a great. Also, Richard Rodgers, Larry Hart from. <laughs> yeah, Mary and Andrew oh, And we put together. Mary Catherine and Andrew doing it that's together. That's so cute. It's, <laughs> it's this. Um, it's this like very like we'll have Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island too. Oh my they're god, gonna they're gonna be so cute. Stop. How are they so adorable? I'm so happy. So that'll be very adorable. Yes. Like that'll make Let's every teach like them the right. Dance. What's after that? Pandemonium. Okay, oh, so yeah, pan- I'm in that. Pandemonium. You guys are both Tyler in that. His little. I might be smart. You know that I'm not that smart. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so pandemonium is actually the moment oh, where they the judge asks because they're all kids and the judge asks them to spell a word that's too easy and <laughs> they all lose it and it's it's like this. Why? Oh, why? I feel supersonic. Da, da, Life is pandemonium. Dun, 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 it's like, like I'm it's listening like a, to it's it. It's like an almost like, like a I'm disco there. rock number. But kind so of thing. I get I'm to so ask. Excited. I get to tell them which word to spell. I'm yes. the announcer. Wait, uh, you, you're the yeah, you're the teacher. You know, I was in the spelling bee when I was in fifth grade. Of course, you I were. Won That's why s- you're playing Olive I in went. both of the numbers. When from I was in fifth bee. grade, I was ten years old. Right. I won I my school spelling bee, and I went to the district spelling bee, where I came in sixth. Right. In my defense, Olive. there were eighth graders there. Meet Olive. And who knows how to spell the word perestroika? Years later, and that still haunts me. Um, there are E's in it. What's not after? A's. What's after pandemonium? So uh, that's a septet. Who will love me as I am? That's y'all's duet. Yeah. You and Ashlyn's duet. And that I'm Yay. telling you that that ballad is just I'm excited so for it. beautiful, Yay. so beautiful. I'm also really excited for you're the top. Oh, yeah. one, one of the great lyrics in the history of musical theater. I mean, one of the truly great I'm, lyrics I'm in the history. Of, and that uh, will have that will have that dance. <gasps> that will have dance. Oh, so Audrey, Wait, Audrey dances? Aaron, Andrew. Uh, well, I, we may not have the lead dance, but we're gonna have <laughs> probably have going. everybody else dance. Oh, oh, whoa, 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 whoa! I did not put. Down oh no, that's that not. I'm willing no, to no, dance. I'm thinking of anything goes. We're definitely gonna have dancing in anything goes. Hmm. 
you better pick carefully. Uh, they're already you're assigned. Gonna, you're um, gonna put me in the back. Let's see. I'm not, I don't think I'm in that. Uh, I'm not. No, I we don't. already made couples for anything goes. Yay. Um, what what was after? Uh, Find your grail. Find your grail. Sarah's gonna lead. Find your grail, lady okay, of the lake. Okay, he just had me play. He just played that for me, and I think he and Spivak think I have a lot more just like soul. It's than comedy, maybe and you're gonna find it. It's gonna be great. It's 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 gonna be. I don't know. It'll Epic. come out somehow. She has to riff. Um, Ooh, I, I love don't riffing. riff. <laughs> yes, I mean, I'm gonna learn how to riff. But. Uh huh. Indeed. Uh, then we open the second half with a little. Who lives? Who dies? Who tells your story? And it's completely. That will be. Uh, you know, sitting down and <gasps> physically. Obviously, I've sung the King George song. Love but it. Sitting down and actually looking at the compositional craft of that. He's functioning on a language level like that he's viewing language as music and he's functioning on a on a on a composition level that I've not That's seen that, like before. we're obsessed and I've, with him and like, I've seen the in the height score community. and like I know the in the height score well and obviously we know his songs from other things and I've listened through the Hamilton score but actually sitting down and, and looking, looking at the at craft that is in just That's that how I piece, felt about seeing it like I mean it's, I mean, it's one thing to be like, oh, well, Sondheim was this great thing and the lyrics or the whatever, but, and, 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 you know, it's all this gestalt thing and whatever. I don't know that I've ever looked at something and Spivak and I both looked at each other when we were done going through that and we were like, this is like next level. Yeah. This is, I, yeah. this is next It's what I should have analyzed for my theory projects. Like as a, it's like Wagnerian. I 100% believe it. As a music community, like, we're pretty obsessed with Lin-Manuel Miranda, but, like, probably not even as much as we should be. Like... Right. Like, can you overhype him? I don't can think you? so. I, I, he, th- it, it, I very rarely and actually... And he's so... Nice. <laughs> yeah. And, and just, like, He retweeted Justin Garcia. Like, I, what, really? Uh-huh. What'd he say? I, I think Justin gave him a high five walking down the street, and he retweeted him. <laughs> that's amazing. I wanna, um, if I, oh it's on Justin's Facebook, something like that. That's or like, incredible. or Justin had, maybe it was that Justin had posted like he's like, I want to just be walking down the street at this conference and see Lin Manuel and give my just put my hand up, and then Lin Manuel like retweeted him who was like, actually some dude actually put his hand up yesterday and I just get I'm always good for a fiver. <laughs> incredible, amazing. And Lin Manuel would do that. Yeah. So excited to see him and Mary Poppins. Like that's like my childhood dream come true to take Lin. Lynn Manuel Miranda and stick him in Mary Poppins. So what's after Who Lives Who Dies? Remind me. Together wherever we go. Okay, that's that. that great trio from Gypsy because obviously we could never do Gypsy. So it's just that wherever we go, whatever we do. Oh wait, I actually do know gonna that. Go through it together. I do know that. It's funny how some of these I don't think I know until he starts singing them, and then what's, weirdly, what's after that? Uh, some other time. Oh, okay. This is <laughs> this piece on the town rarely gets done. Like one of the only things that usually ever gets done from on the town is actually the New York, New York, New York, New York, New York, New York. Okay. The guys trio at the beginning. Uh, and then like sometimes girls like Jamie sang that sometimes girls will sing that I can cook too. Oh, I remember that. This quartet is 
I mean, you can tell that like Bernstein is composing at a level that's way different than like sheer music. Like he's functioning on a different level too. And we just, after we listened through it, we were like, oh, we have to do this. We have to put this on the show. I specifically did not include him in my theory project because I just knew, I was like, he composes so differently. Like, I don't think he's representative of the, the music theater music of that time that sentence was weird it's in fact it sounds like that quartet sounds like it could have been written in 2017 that's so that's, that's okay fun. then i'm ready to um, i love Bernstein. i'm gonna go listen to like it all is of this. so beautiful mm. what's after that uh the two nobodies in new york okay so we had to work in something from title of show two nobodies in new york is like, oh i thought y'all just didn't know the theme of the show no the name of the show is Parentheses, title, title of show, of show. Parentheses. That's great. Interesting. Um, and it's about two guys writing a musical, and it literally <gasps> is two intelligentsia sort of New York got I'm young so guys happy. writing a musical. This is gonna be great. So there's Isaac some and James. Oh. I, I told Isaac, I was like, one of your numbers is like very high intelligence art, and he's like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. After the pictures I saw of his slideshow yesterday, I feel like he's up no, to it. No, it was, it was, uh, we can talk about that later. Um, <laughs> I'm going to put this whole section at the end of the podcast. Uh, you know, what, people want to start out by listening to us. No. What was the other, what was the other thing? Anything What's after goes that? is next. Oh, so that's a big Keta feature. Understandable. Oh, she'll be great at that. I she mean, because her audition so was like, well, and did I you hear that video she put of her level. at, um, the jazz yes. band concert, like she's just great I at that love style. It. I mean, and she so her singing "Anything Goes," it'll just sound that will be great. It will and you sound know what? great. I don't even like Sutton Foster that much. I know that's like heresy, but whatever. I'm, I'm still more used to the 1989 Patti Lapone version. But oh. um, what was after? What's after that? All the wasted time. So listen, well, I know we just did songs, but nobody writes love duets like JRB. Nobody writes love duets like JRB. Nobody writes like And JRB. Brittany and I were actually talking about say, that duet. Did you hear her t- when she saw no, it? No, what did she say? She was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. He knew. He looked me in the eye yesterday. <laughs> and we talked and he knew. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, she was... She was very and, pleased. And I mean, Brittany and James will, it will, that will That'll be, be amazing. All the Wasted Time is the one thing that, that will is, be very emotive. is clearly so better than anything from Songs for a New World. I mean, it's, there are love duets whoa, and then whoa, there's, whoa, whoa, whoa. no, 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 Calm no, 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 listen, there are love duets and then there's that duet. I it's, just, especially after like hearing her briefly sing music theater last year in Songs for a New World. And like when I, I mean, obviously she sang the whole song, but then she belted in that one little bit and I, I'm ready for anything for well, her. Well, yeah. that that duet is. There's a reason it's as late in the show as it is because it's. I'm excited. Great. Next is the "I Love You" and song, and then you guys are doing the "I Love You" song, Ashlyn and Sarah and uh, and and Mr. Isaac. I'm a ten year old speller. Uh, I get it. And that song is epic. And then of course we'll end with the biggie. You will be found. Mm. Uh, That'll be good. That's a good. That's a feelsy end. And uh, I, when she tells you the concept that we're doing, it it will all make sense like why we're ending with that um i'm not questioning it i'm not it will be i trust her uh it will be if you cannot say anything to the rest of the cast i'll tell you i am i didn't tell her is gonna drop today so i can't yes you can't just cut it i'm just covering it you know how to edit 